0: Welcome back to the Dave Gold Evolve Podcast, where industry leaders in the spiritual dating and business world help
1: you truly evolve your life. Now welcome to your host, Dave Gold. What's up, guys? We've got another episode of the Dave Goldie podcast with Austin Summers, big name. You know, I discovered Austin when he was with um, Honest Signals and doing really big things in an early age, and now he's got his own company, and he's super interesting. Um, he takes a really a unique approach towards connection, and I'm really happy to have you on today.
0: Well, What's going on, man? Happy to be here.
1: Thank you so much. So before we dive into it, I do want to talk to you a lot about self-amusement. But first, I want to understand how you got to that place. where you able to look back on your life? Because I know you have a crazy story. So you're sitting in an airport right now. I don't know where you're headed, but where did it all begin? Where did your journey begin? Yeah, so I, say, uh, I,
0: I think a lot of people who go through a period of like, pain or people have a period of you know depression or intense stress or you know things just aren't going well for them they need they need to start looking at it as a positive because in terms of my life i've taken like you know the pain that i've been through and used it to you know actually propel me to do the things i want to do a lot of people who are too comfortable don't end up actually taking taking the leap to do anything right so yeah a bit about my backstory. Um, I had a pretty normal childhood, but around 12, my mom died, left my stepdad, um, didn't have the best home life, had kind of like a, not, I wouldn't say absent, but I'd say like emotionally difficult to get along with <laughs> uh, parental figure at the time. Um, and yeah, I just, I had, I was like very depressed for most of my, I guess adolescence like 12 to 18. At 18 is when I kind of like decided to move past that and I decided you know if I want to end up living I might as well make my life the best life that I can right um, and I think everyone has a certain way to come to that conclusion I, and I you know for example the Japanese they have this uh, thing where they'll put like a coffin you basically sit in a coffin and you write like your last will and testament, you write the things that you're proud that you did in your life, things that you regret doing, etc. Things that you would would have wanted to do. Hmm. Um, yeah, different cultures have different ways of processing that. Um but and my favorite way is I read this book on Roman Empire, and they said that with gladiators, they they had this like saying where it was like, when you've accepted the fact that you're like that you're gonna die life becomes a, an arena for heroism. So it becomes like kind of like you create your own adventure story really, which is what it is when you get outside of the, the bullshit beliefs that trap you. Um, but yeah, that basically opened my mind to that. Um, I was recovering from an injury to my foot and I found um, I found out about personal development game and I was just hooked immediately. Like, I, I, you ever read comments from people like, oh, I don't know, man, like, this is, although like, oh, they'll, they'll see an infield or something, they'll, they'll get angry about it, or they'll, it'll make them feel bad. And it's like, partially that could be, you know, a thing that helps you grow, right? But from my perspective, I was just so inspired because I had no idea that that could, it was even possible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I slowly, like, worked on it. I had, I, I had the belief that, you know, I'd never meet, anyone in my life and I die alone (laughs) and then um, you know I kissed a girl and then I went further and then I basically opened my mind to like you can get any girl you want as long as you are you know continually progressing you you get to the point where you know you're comfortable in your own skin you accept yourself and yeah and as long as you know the strategy of game the basic fundamentals of that and how you know social dynamics work then you can get the results that you want Um, so yeah, I I don't want to go on too,
1: too ranty, but that's, that's that's a nice backstory. You know, as Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. And growing up, I didn't believe that I could do much. I felt like my limiting beliefs were, were great. And I thought I was in the system of high school, college, get a job, get married and die. And when shit hit the fan and my parents got divorced, I fell into anxiety, depression, drugs, and then eventually left the society and went someplace else to reinvent myself, to reawaken. And that was where I, you know, fell into spirituality. But at the same time, I had still discovered a lot of really interesting alternative views on how you could change your life from your channel with Vadim and and other channels. And it was really, Ticking something in my mind that I, I knew I could be better than this. I knew I could communicate at a higher level. I didn't have to suppress all of my emotions that I could probably vulnerably open up and people would accept me, but I hadn't done it. So I didn't have any reference experience. I didn't have any experience doing it. And then mm-hmm. it got to that point where their frustration t- like ticks in. And you start going out trying to meet people and rejection sets in as well. And it's heavy. And I see a lot of guys go through this. Um, and you said something about the infield and, and just for me and in my journey in the dating world, I've gotten to this place where, um, you know, I'm having you on this podcast because I resonate with your energy and with some, a lot of the work that you do and a lot of the message that you have. Um, but at the same time, I don't, connect with all the guys in the dating, especially like pickup and seduction side of the dating world anymore, because I feel like sometimes it can be really negative, okay, and really toxic. And so we're going to jump, I guess, right now to a topic, which is, do you think it's okay to label women on a scale of one to 10, like the perfect 10? Hmm. I can see how that would
0: come across as judgmental, but for purposes of conversation, I mean, it makes sense. It's The same thing, like you could say uh, about countries, like how, how enjoyable is that country to visit? You know, there's, there's nothing besides 10 out of 10 is what the, the people of that country want to hear. But the reality is that we are in a dating market. Like uh, women rate men, women talk about how men are men talk about how women are i mean that's just how that's just the reality um and now the another thing the thing that kind of messes with that is that people have their own perception of what is attractive Mm -hmm. so like the you know no one experiences more than a fucking dating coach like dude i've had students where um i wing them with the girl that i think is like really unattractive so that they can get the hotter girl and they and they later on they'll go yeah i just wish you would have let me talk to the hot girls i was so (laughs) you know the first time you hear that you're like what are you talking about (laughs) um yeah so like some girl that looks like emaciated and i'm like uh that's the girl you wanted (laughs) they're like yeah so i mean i like more curvy girls um like more girls but
1: the scale is very very very, subjective it's very subjective based off of your appearance and i feel like that can create a lot of you know misnomers in your mind and in men's mind of what they actually want and what they're trying to achieve and it puts more pressure on them rather than having a free flow in the conversation and a free flow in life and and something that i saw with you okay and something that i know you preach is you can tell how someone how good someone is at social interactions and and game per se by how loose that they can get. Okay. You talked Mm -hmm. a lot about self amusement. Okay. And, and at the same time, not being overly flamboyant or weird or obnoxious, um, but showing intent. And I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that for a second, because I know there's a lot of guys out there that right now are preaching like masculinity, like alpha. Okay. But when you meet a, a lot of really beautiful women, what, what they want is a guy who can also loosen up and be fun and be playful. So why do you think is self-amusement is so important in connection?
0: Yeah, so I want to touch on something you said there. Is that like people have this idea of some kind of masculinity, but no one, anyone that has an, any idea of something so broad of a term as that is mm-hmm. like, they're they're basing that off of what their grandparents are like or what their parents are like or what they saw in movies or what they Mm -hmm. heard or something that someone said it's it's so vague it's like and, and so many people talk about things that don't matter that much like for example like guys that try to impress girls with their money um guys that try to let's say leverage their social status so much the point of game and the point the reason why game is so awesome is that you cut through all of that bullshit you connect with the person in front of you she has a great time with you Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff is kind of meaningless like as long as you convey now i i do believe there are overarching things of masculinity a lot of people talk about things that are like you know the person could get results with or without it what does that call it's like when it's um you get you're getting results despite something it doesn't matter it's an inconsequential thing yeah, despite your it, like, oh it's because it's because he had a camera there mm-hmm. or it's because you know so there's some random thing right mm-hmm. so um there's so much fluff and like you really have to to understand evolutionary psychology biology um and have a lot of experience coaching a lot of different people to understand exactly what the attraction quote unquote triggers or what people are attracted to and also another thing is that men and you know tons of different types of men are attracted to different types of women tons of women are attracted to different types of men and then there's a spectrum of you know from homosexuality to heterosexuality there's just like all these spectrums and people are a lot more complex than 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 people try to summarize on a the quick thing such as masculinity is XYZ and that's it <laughs> but um yeah so in terms of self-amusement the, re- the reason why i focus on that and i do think it's kind of like the crux of the game is because you can you can mention a lot of things tucked in there what is it uh yeah, what is self-amusement health. to you well self-amusement to me is basically giving value to the people that you're with being present with them making having like a building up a great experience within yourself that you're sharing with other people and it doesn't mean you have to build it up alone in a room at home before you go out it's a process by which you're you're getting to the point where you're expressive and free and fun and that's ultimately like the energy that's attracting people and it's it's not just for for meeting people it's it's for like even in terms of um like let's say you're going to a, a networking event Mm-hmm. like the person that people on it dude i've gone to networking events where like the owner of it or whatever invites me out to like the exclusive like millionaire's dinner afterward just because he liked my energy he's like no oh, you're, you're you're not coming i'm like oh i didn't buy the you know the extra package it's like 5k i don't want to <laughs> drop that he's like, no, bro, just come 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 like i am i fucking work this event <laughs> so if you have that energy you're going to make connections really easily because yeah. um, you're just you're offering something you're like the the cup that has more water to give to the other cup right mm-hmm. so it's it's something instinctual that people pay attention to and it also it also denotes a lot of other things that are within that which is good mental health mm-hmm. if you have very poor mental health you can't you can't be fun in a socially calibrated way
1: yeah, it's hard to joke so about denotes- things when you're depressed. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Although there are there are a lot of, I will say, everything I say, there's you know, there there's only a bunch of half half truths and a lot ah. of uh, things, right? Because there's always comedians- outliers.
1: There's always outliers as well. Yeah,
0: the funniest people in the world are, who are like comedians, basically, yeah. are mentally ill.
1: <laughs> but, Robin um- <laughs>
0: Robin Williams, um, Louis yeah. C.K.,
1: all these guys. <laughs>
0: But yeah, in in general, it does connote mental health if you can, if you can, you know, joke around in a socially calibrated way. Mm -hmm. Um, You're giving value to the person in front of you. You're coming up with things to say because you're just being loose and spouting off at the mouth. Like you're, Mm -hmm. um, you're able to verbal vomit, which is an amazing skill to have. A skill that'll make you money, a skill that will get you the women that you want, a skill that will, you know, basically connect you with anyone and the ability to talk forever
1: that million dollar it, it does,
0: mouthpiece. It does be, become a, an issue sometimes. Like, dude, I, I have like Instagram stories sometimes where uh-huh. I, I talk for 30 minutes. i yep. like, I should've just made a live or a video on this instead of just ranting.
1: Can, can we actually jump into one of the Instagram stories that I saw? Go, go I for think it was it. Yeah, last I, I rant
0: a lot. Like I just said, where, so go where for
1: it. You, you were talking about um, our society is so rapidly changing. Whereas ancient societies were nearly unchanged for centuries. So you want to yeah. d- delve into that for a second and, and, you know, make your. Yeah.
0: So, here? so first, so, so firstly, I want to say that pe- people think that because human beings were made unchanged for a hundred thousand years or, or more, right. That, um, that there was something wrong with us that we didn't level up, mm-hmm. but. It actually is a good thing we were an animal that was very well developed well suited to its environment right and and that's and the point that i made was that for for vast swaths of human history everything that your parents told you was the best possible thing for you to do son here's how to fletch an arrow here's how to, to skin a uh an elk or a bear or something here's the things to be careful of here's how to protect the tribe here's how to make good decisions and blah blah everything they told you was accurate and then that is the faster and faster society changes and in, increases in its complexity the more that that starts to break down and the things that your parents tell you have no correlation <laughs> to the real world um it's like the a lot of people were especially raised by boomers are like they what do they eat they eat a bunch of polyunsaturated fatty acids like from, you know, cottonseed oil and, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of these other like ones? Canola oil and stuff like this. Yeah. It's extremely inflammatory and actually that, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, white flour, uh, bread, like stuff like this that's Sodas. extremely, extremely inflammatory to the mass majority of people and it, it causes, you know, it's the underlying cause of all disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so like just in terms of your food, in terms of what you're doing for your job, in terms of where to find meaning in life, in terms of all these other things. Yeah. It's just like, they're, it's not a good guide. And it's not that they don't love you. It's just that they are not equipped to deal with the challenges that are going on today. Like you and I have very interesting careers, right? They're very different than traditional career, let's say. Um, But now we've basically everyone that's around our age is kind of like in the gig economy, like, there's no telling what tomorrow brings pretty soon there'll be an artificial intelligence that will replace your your job my job so (laughs) i think one of my my job is one of the last to go which who knows how long that'll take 10 15 years (laughs) but hopefully hopefully andrew yang gets uh gets selected so give us that uh we, we don't our
1: robot overlords will allow us to eat <laughs> do we are we dropping a yang gang reference right now on the dave goldie bob <laughs> podcast wow okay on on the day that the election hangs in balance the united states very very for, interesting
0: vote for dave gold for president
1: oh austin <laughs> summers will be my vice president <laughs> or vice right. versa um Yeah, man, you know,
0: I'm going to collude with the CIA, get you taken out so I can become president (laughs) (laughs)
1: where you're, you're in Israel, right? So actually right now I'm in uh, Budapest, Hungary, you know, this wasn't meant to be my, are you you American or you Israeli? Mm. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm from Philadelphia and I was meant to go to university. I went, I studied in Yukon and I was studying political science and human rights. I had my first experience breaking out of the society when I studied abroad in Greece and I had a girlfriend, I started to see other societies learn a new language, things like that. But then when I dropped out, you know, parents get divorced I pushed myself out of the matrix, the paradigm that was built for me. And I rediscover myself by creating a new path by starting to focus on the foundation, on communication, on connection on living a more holistic life. I was living in a permaculture community in Israel, I don't know if you know about permaculture, Bill Mollison, okay, the founder of Permaculture, where we're living in yurts and domes and compost toilets and, and, and really sustainable you know, communities. And I was traveling around the world. And I also started to see the value in traveling, the value in breaking free, especially from America, where a lot of people don't do that. A lot of my friends and the guys that I grew up with haven't gone and broken free and gotten out and experience what it's like to live in another place. So I know you only have a few more minutes, but why don't we dive in right now to what it's like starting fresh in Medellin, Colombia. How was that for you and why did you decide to stay? Um, I mean, so I was doing a world tour
0: and I wanted to pick cities that I would, you know, I had clients in, but also places that I want to check out. Not every place I wanted to, to really go to, but um, I wanted to see like a lot of the world to like kind of get a gist of where I want to live because I, I didn't really want to live in Florida. Um, <laughs> like I'm from Miami originally. But um, yeah, so I went to all these different cities. I went to like 25 cities. And then I went to Columbia for two weeks and that was kind of like a break during the tours. Like the, the middle part where I didn't have any um, thing to do. Mm -hmm. and i went there with uh, a couple friends and it was like one of the best trips of my life had highs and lows and columbia's always been like the highest highs and the lowest lows like even on that trip it was an amazing trip but my friend fell off a waterfall and uh fractured his hip and it was like a 10 meter 10 meter drop those are the ones that i
1: don't see on the instagram story
0: (laughs) yeah so i had a we had to pull them out and like you carry him out of like kilometers of the jungle. And it was, mm. you know, taking him to the hospital and stuff. And, and then that same night is the first date I had with my girlfriend of two years. So I was covered in blood when I met her at the, wow. at the restaurant. And I'm like, listen, my phone's dead. I'm covered in blood. <laughs> I need to go to my house to shower. <laughs> so I went to my house, shower, went up to uh, my friend, my other friend's, uh, you know, party that was living there, had a
1: great time. And, uh, yeah, she must have thought you were part of the, 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 the gringo gang that came from <laughs> <laughs> that came from the. US to, to cause some problems in Colombia.
0: Yeah well I mean that's, oh. that's another thing like is in Colombia like those people growing up have in, experienced tremendous hardship like my yeah. girlfriend herself told me she, she has seen probably you know 20 30 people dead in the streets like, just mm. from violence. And then, you know, they're, they're also just like so friendly, like the people you meet are extremely friendly, extremely warm. The food is super fresh, super like organic. They don't even know really how to use pesticides. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get really good deals. Um, There's also some other downsides, like there's stereotypes about um, foreigners and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I I just found it an amazing place and the temperature is perfect. And Literally, if it's too hot for you, you go up further in the mountain. So you go up like, you know, another 500 meters up the mountain and it's perfect weather. If you want it even colder, you want like winter, or whatever, weather, you just go up another thousand meters and you have it. So it's like everything you want is within, you know, 30 to 60 uh, minutes of you. And the affordability.
1: Uh,
0: a, yeah. And like anything you want, you can have, if you want a, um, you want your house clean if you want a private chef everything you can have and it's it's doable within your price range so literally all you have to do is work and it's it's one of the best places in the world for productivity if you want to get a lot done like the, the everything's set up for that if you want something like that you want a restaurant meal Rappi delivers it you want cash from the ATM Rappi delivers it like Rappi delivers everything um, so yeah it's a, it was a cool place um, I thought you know over time I, I kind of got a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say bored, but I feel like you just you're like so content all the time that there's no reason to do anything. <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: Have you you're left le- Columbia? Le- is is that it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, I, um, No, no, uh, it's uh, it's a place you'll know, probably always go back to. Okay. Um, Where are you headed to now? I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going on a hunting trip.
1: No way. Go say hi yeah, to so- Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't know who that's. Is. Who is it? Uh, the the football player for the uh, for the Eagles. He's from actually North Dakota. Oh, okay, okay. Big Hunter. Yeah,
0: I'm not I'm not too big not too big on sports except for Ultimate Frisbee, which no one cares about. I just realized there's a place I can set my
1: phone right here. That's perfect. Okay. It's funny the times in which cool. we realize things in life. Okay, sometimes they come later, sometimes they come sooner, and sometimes they come at the right time. Um. I want to touch on one more topic. Oh, I guess one one thing one, yeah.
0: one thing I wanted to, to to mention was that I do believe that we are cyclical people in life. Yeah. Uh, when things just constantly go the same, we want change. At least for me. Uh, so I wanted to come back to the U.S. to do you know better in business. I wanted to take my business to the next level. I um, also I love the fact that in the U.S. you you feel more compelled to step up. And as opposed to like, you know, in, in different places, you can be the top of the food chain pretty much really easily. And it just kind of gets too easy. So, yeah, it's good to like mix things up. There's periods of um, hard work, there's periods of fun and play. And yeah, you go back and forth if
1: you can. There, there is that aspect of, of living in like living in poverty, okay, or, or, or living with a purpose to serve. And you've got, you've got to grind, you've got to hustle, you've got to make something happen. Um, Because I'm not an expert on wealth accumulation. That's not something that, you know, I've been focused on for most of my life. I've been focused on breaking out of society, traveling the world, making deep connections, okay, building businesses, helping other people in their businesses, things like that. But at the same time, I do see a lot of people that get to those places and they get complacent. And I know myself, I've yeah. gotten complacent as well when things start to, start to go well. So there was one community in Israel that I was living in where it was a type of community where they would always change where they were living. They would always change what they would do, were doing every year just to make it's it nomadic. so that you didn't get too comfortable. It's kind of like a school mm-hmm. of learning. Very interesting place. Um, and personally, you know, I really believe in change. Um, I preached this. Kevin Trudeau says it. If you want to get really good on the teachability index scale, you need to be uh, have a high willingness to learn, but you also need to have a high willingness to change. And I see that there are a lot of really smart guys out there that come to me that I can only help so much because they're not willing to surrender to changing, to growing, to you know going and living someplace else that's something that now i push my students to do as well go live in a hostel go do work away or woofing, and go travel the world it doesn't cost that much money actually and that's the crazy thing yeah there's, is that people there's so think- many
0: barriers people have up to doing basic things like that like to me yeah. right now like for you and me right now at this point in our lives it's like that's not even a difficult thing we just hop on a plane we know how to figure things out we just go there and it's, figure it it's out it's not as
1: easy as it used to be with corona but it still is possible okay and that shouldn't be necessarily an obstacle
0: yeah and i, I like what you said before it's it, I, everyone i feel like reaches their peak and if they if they get too comfortable then they never recover see so you, you know like um certain youtube channels for example will have like their peak or certain mm-hmm. um musicians they'll put out like you know, two amazing albums and then they'll fall off (laughs) and they'll never make anything ever again. Um, so yeah, I do, I do believe that. Yeah. If you don't, if you can't constantly put that pressure on yourself to be in the the hustle mode to get to the next level, then you have to, you have to find a way to put that pressure back on yourself or to get around people where you feel like you're a piece of shit, unless you're not (laughs) leveling up. Like when you compare yourself to, to the people around you, like your close friend yeah. group, that's when it becomes like no. changes easier because you're not comparing yourself to the average person. You're comparing yourself to them. It's like, I'm in a group called the, uh, it's called the alpha circle. And it's basically like 30 guys who are just like complete. They're almost kind of like sex addicts, but <laughs> they're like really into game. They're really into, uh, they're basically just like life, life development, but um, it's about game. It's about, um, uh business finance uh crypto crypto stocks etc and it's like everyone's sharing all this stuff and it inspires you it's like holy fuck like because when people don't even realize what's possible because they're not around people who are actually doing it and it's when people you know that are doing things and like they're showing proof of everything you're like oh this is possible for me so like (laughs) in that group uh one of the one of the guys um He's inspiring other people because he basically had his first, um, let's say, uh, fun time with two other <laughs> women. Yeah. And they're basically in love with him, and they're—he's uh, taking them to an island soon. It's like, dude, this look at this guy's he's like—he's—he's he's in a beautiful city. He meets two girls, he bangs both of them, has a threesome. They—they all like each other. He's flying them out to an island. And they're just going to like hang out for a couple of days on a beautiful island exploring it together and exploring each other together. So mm. it's just like, it shows you so much about what's possible. Um,
1: this is what yeah, this podcast is all about, actually, you. bringing people on from all over the world who have... Oh, I wanted to mention one thing on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, go for is it. Is that
0: everyone it. should, fo- everyone should form a mastermind of their peers, which is, costs zero dollars and you can do on facebook messenger whatsapp etc and it's just a tight-knit group of about four to five people and you jump on a call every week do you have a mastermind that you run um no what i what i mean by mastermind is i mean it's like five to six or or more people of your peers I, i if you're asking if i run a i run a um I do I you run in-person Austin, coaching, and I do. I know you run Austin Summers Academy. Mentorship. Yeah, you run the Austin yeah, Summers so Academy. Yeah, that's basically like an online mentoring. Mm-hmm. But I'll, what I'm saying for, for everyone to, because there, you ever see that like Ty Lopez video? Although it is cheesy, and I know it, people don't like him, but um, it's basically a law of thirty-three percent. It's mm-hmm. like you should have a group of your peers. You should have a group of people beneath that you give give uh, advice to. Yep. And then you should have people that you're learning from, yep. right? So you never you never get too cocky. Like when you're at the top and all you're doing is looking down at people, you get too cocky and it, it actually ends up fucking you up. Um, and then, yeah, conversely, like, I mean, if you're not teaching, teaching is a great way to learn as well and reinforce your own ideas by saying them out loud. And then having a great strong peer group. So when I, when I said uh, mastermind, I meant like, a group of your peers, kind of like a uh, that you can basically relay ideas and always keep each other accountable. That that's that's a really great thing to have as well.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to jump. Coaching. I'm just going to jump in, and you know, Napoleon Hill drop his name again said when minds are connected in the same space, you actually create one mind, and and that's what's called a mastermind. And last night yeah. we had one of our most powerful mastermind calls. Okay. I, in the Dave Gold evolve, um, evolve course, we run a mastermind as well with right now, 15 guys. Okay. And a lot of that is about empowering them to step up and to lead and to teach. So some of the guys in the mastermind will be leading group calls and it will help them in their businesses as well. And I firmly believe in having a mastermind. So, You know, that's something that I preach. That's something that I practice also having a mentor. I have a mentor as well. And I always think that if you want to be super successful, you should always be asking questions, questioning everything. Okay. Really getting out of your comfort zone and finding someone who's at a place where they understand things, at a level that you don't, and you can really learn from them and you can really grow from them or with them if possible. So yeah, Estamos I just wanted. <laughs> so I just wanted to uh, to drop that, you know, little two yeah, I cents. A, I got a
0: bunch of time. There's a there's a like pretty long line to board. We
1: no, I just wanted to drop, drop that two cents about um, the mastermind that I run, okay? Because so far it's been really, really powerful. Okay, last night we had a speaker on from Australia who actually was a holistic personal trainer named Fabian Demore, and. Fabian realized that he was very successful with his business, but he wasn't fulfilled. So what did he do? He went out into the Australian bush and all of this year has been rediscovering himself, reinventing himself and decluttering his life. And one of the things that he talked about was sitting in a chair where it's the do nothing chair, where literally you just do nothing. And for so many people, That's such a difficult concept to think about because people are always thinking, what do I do next? Okay, there's so many videos to watch, so much content to create or to consume. And then I've got to do my journaling and my meditation and wash the dishes and do dinner and boom, 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 boom. And before you know it, you have no place to just be in the present moment to Mm -hmm. let go of all of the things that have swarmed your mind, and then you're caught up in your own little narrative in your own little life. And Fabian made this very, very clear in a, in a very beautiful way that eventually he got to that point that sitting in that chair wasn't so difficult anymore. He would walk out into the bush, into the forest for hours until his mind went completely blank and he was completely present. and. It's actually been, as I was mentioning last night, something that I've been trying to work on as well between calls, between podcasts, starting to find a sense of silence and not seeking the next thing to do, the next thing to do, the next thing to do, because then I feel like I'm jumping back into the hamster wheel of running in circles rather than maintaining that flow state of discipline, surrender, and getting into flow.
0: Yeah, a couple couple things there uh, stood out to me. W- one of the things is like, a, yeah, a lot of people can get wrapped up in task focused and like being pinged by different distractions constantly that pull mm-hmm. them away from you know, having moments with themselves. Mm-hmm. And a couple things that are great for that, um, I-, I would recommend the book uh, Deep Work is so good. He talks about how like, you know, if you do one task, you look at one email, that ad- that kind of intention is on that thing for like 30 minutes in the background so you have like all these background tasks running and a lot of things that you know people message you and stuff It just are mm-hmm. they're, they're not always things that you can do right then and there right so it just comes like a, a, an uncompleted task that keeps going so deep work yeah, by one of things I, work. yeah yeah one of the things I one of the things I really love is do instead of a a decision that you make every two hours. Try mm-hmm. to make it a decision you do once, and that's it. So, for example, it would be food. Every, you know, let's say four hours, you're probably a little bit hungry. You could eat something, or five hours, mm-hmm. your waking life. So, a lot of people they go, "Oh, I'm about to be hungry. I should start looking for a place." Oh shit, now I'm hungry. Okay, let me go. Let me go look for a place. Oh, let me order this and then make this decision. What do I want? Of the- it's such a confusing decision. Two ways to replace that. Number one, private chef. You hire them once. You give them exactly what you want in, the, in your diet, what things you don't want. They come to your house every day, cook your meals, or they meal prep for you. Meal no prep. No. Uh, another, another way is uh, have a delivery meal prep company send you stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of big cities will have this like very fresh. Uh, if you don't have it in your city, there's Freshly, for example, in the U.S., amazing i get it like once a week it just comes to my door and i just open it up and i eat the food um and and the last way would be like the cheapest way is just meal prep your food once a week so it's one decision you make once every week um and the last thing you said is about getting getting into getting into nature and being really present a lot of people we, we live we are creatures that depend on both of both our uh habitat and our Habits for for our gene expression. So there's mm-hmm. there's a new field of study called uh, epigenetics. Epi is the Greek word for upon, so basically means the function of your genes, how your genes express themselves. So the same person, you, the same person sitting there, depending on what you eat in your habitat, you will look more attractive or look less attractive. You will be happier or less happy. You will be stressed or not stressed, just depending on the things you're doing in your life and the uh, things you're eating, etc. cetera. So they, they even call this in like ancestral health, they call it vitamin W. It's like getting into the wilderness, getting into the woods. <laughs> and uh, Japanese is called shin, Shinrin Roku, which means like forest bathing. And it, it is really important. It's like go into a natural environment, not a concrete thing. What do they do with animals in the zoo? They go fucking nuts. They have, they're kept in like concrete things that replicate like jail cells, not their natural habitat. And they go fucking nuts, pull their hairs out. They're eating like wheat protein bars and random shit. They just go fucking crazy and start throwing poop at everyone. It's like, I wonder why <laughs> they're like, you're keeping them in like a prison cell basically. But yeah, replicate as much as you can in your national environment. Get out to parks. Everyone will have a national park close to them, a national park, state park. There's some place that's beautiful, even if it's a small nature preserve, a small park, like just get out like every so often. I go every fucking day because I, I feel like I'm really sensitive to that. But yeah. um yeah, get out and get that vitamin W. <sighs>
1: what I Austin... I wasn't sure whether we were going to bring this up, but I've got a question for you, OK? My final question, which is a little bit about um, hate and shame culture, all right? And I'm not sure whether you've experienced this, but you've really put yourself out there. So, and and you know, Dan Bilzerian said that people are going to love you. People are going to hate you. When you're in the public eye, it just comes with the territory. So. I was wondering, how do you respond to negativity? Um, typ-
0: like Everyone, I think, has their own innate way of dealing with it. So I'm not trying to say my way is the best way. Okay. But typically, like, if someone just messages me out of the blue and says something really negative, I just block it. Like, I don't, in real life, if people, like, yell or there's some random thing going on in their head that's making them act weird to me, I normally, I just, I just take a deep breath and walk away. Like I don't, I don't engage with it because it's not worth my time. And uh, yeah, so I I more or less just try to detach from it. Um, If it's, if it's something that's constructive, then I'll definitely, you know, deal with it. But most of the time it's just people who are responding in a negative way because, you know, it's their own, their own things going on in their own head, their, uh, their negative experiences in their life or they're jealous of you or you know, any combination
1: of it. So, yeah. All right, Austin, it's been a great time chatting with you. Where can the guys find you if they really resonate with your knowledge and your, your wealth of experience and how can they work with you? We've got some coronavirus sirens going off in the background right now. <laughs> um, Oh, did we lose him?
0: All right. So, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, if you want to see my stuff, go to youtube.com slash Austin Summers. Just search Austin Summers on YouTube. I'll pop up. And, uh, yeah, if you like the videos um, and you want to, like, learn more, I have a mentorship, which is a three-month coaching program where I coach you in a Telegram group, plus live calls, uh, tons of feedback on everything from your online stuff to in-person to uh etc <laughs> and then nice i do a, an, an immersion program which is in-person coaching which is a seven-day coaching program uh
1: for people who really want to go deeper really want a quick result but yeah that's pretty much it Austin, awesome. i love your holistic approach and that's what you know that's why i wanted to bring you on because i know you're a wealth of knowledge and information and always expanding and growing and changing um, my final question to you, which I ask a lot of the, of the guests is how would you like your business and your relationship life to change and evolve in the next year, next 12 months? That's a good question.
0: And I don't know if it's one that I'd like to be <laughs> talking about on an airplane, but, um, you know, dude, why don't we, why don't we continue this on, on another day? Okay. I'm, I'd love to go longer. Your Absolutely. You're good. You, you you're a smart guy. Honestly, dude, I I get really, uh, sometimes I get mad that people don't like
1: to have really deep conversations. And I realize I have to do more podcasts like this. (laughs) This has been great. As you're getting on the plane, flying to Minnesota for a hunting trip, I will always remember this. This is great. So thank you so much, Austin. Okay. You guys know where to find me, davidgodievolved.com. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace.